Hello and welcome to the Legacy Church Podcast. We hope that today's message will inspire you to grow in your journey of faith. We believe that hope is for everyone. So, no matter where you find yourself on your journey of faith, we believe Jesus is willing to meet you right where you're at. So again, thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. All righty, y'all. You may be seated. How amazing was that? Man. You know, we were here for first service, and it was the exact same thing, but I I was still crying second service. (laughs) That's amazing, you guys. Hey, um, what a beautiful, beautiful morning in God's house. And let me just tell you, uh, I I think the future is in good hands. Anybody anybody else believe that? I I think the future is in good hands. I think God's not done with his church yet. And I think um, that there's a lot more that we have yet to see uh, be done in the next generations to come. My heart as a pastor is that we would uh, create a culture where the next generation gets to stand on our shoulders, right? Come on, that our ceiling would be there for and that God would use them uh, increasingly and abundantly above all that we could even imagine. So, hey, welcome this morning. Here's my Christmas present to you. I'm only going to preach for 55 minutes. Okay, some, some of you are visiting and you're like, is he joking? Uh, you'll find out. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, we, we didn't want you to, to go home without also a word in your heart, and, and I promise it's going to be brief. Would you open up your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 1 through 3, and it says this. It says, but there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish in the former time. He brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, hear this, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. And here, here's our key verse today. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation and you have increased. Here it is. It's Joy. Say with me, joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you now that you're going to open up our hearts, open up our ears, God, and, and, and help us to not just be hearers of your word, but doers, God. I pray for every person in this room and those watching online, God, no matter where they're at on their journey of faith today, whether this is their first time in church because somebody invited them, or maybe they've been walking with you for a long time. I pray, God, that you would reveal yourself in a real way, in a personal way, God, and though we may not be able to explain everything about you, God, we can still experience you in a real way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, if you know me, you know that uh, my family and I, we are huge football fans. Um, But what I I mean by football, I'm not talking about American football. I'm talking about the football that's properly named football because you actually play it with your feet. Anybody out there? And and hate me if you will, because Sister Taylor Swift says that haters are going to (laughs) hate. 
and, and I get a lot of flack for this, but I love the MLS. Major League Soccer has got a, a special place in my heart. And if you didn't know this, we just recently had our championship game. And, and what happens is the Eastern Conference champions and the Western Conference champions come together and they see who's going to take the MLS Cup. And if you know me, you know that I, I spent some time in the Portland, Oregon area, area and, and unfortunately the Timbers are basically a bunch of fallen logs this year. So we just, um, instead of enjoying them, we were, uh, our family was rooting for this team out of LA, uh, LAFC. It's the black and gold baby and, and it's all right. You know, you can change teams here and there. And so rooting for them, they were the champions last year and then they were the Western Conference champions this year. And so you can imagine, by the way, the girl that was singing two octaves higher and as, as the loudest here, that's, that's one of my five children. So you can imagine how loud my house is when the team we're rooting for gets, right? And so uh, our team won, we were excited and we were so happy and we were celebrating and, and we knew, all right, now we've got six days to the next game till we can get that cup. And, and if you follow soccer, you know that LAFC flopped six days later and they lost to Columbus Crew. And, and, and even if you don't follow sports and if you didn't track with the sports analogy, how many of you would agree that that happiness can be just that. Uh, something that is temporary and fickle and fleeting and quite frankly short-lived. Right? Just like the happiness we experienced on that day, six days later was met with complete devastation because the team we were rooting for completely got clobbered, to be honest with you. And, and, and here's what I desire for you is that during this season of Christmas, that you wouldn't just experience happiness, but that you, especially those of you that call yourselves followers of Christ, would understand what it is to be rooted in something that goes beyond something that's fickle, something that's fragile, something that's fleeting like happiness, and that you would be rooted in something that goes beyond that called joy. And so today I want to talk to you about joy. And there's three things real quick that I just want to deposit into your heart as they pertain to this idea of joy. And by the way, nothing that I'm talking about today has to do with you ignoring your circumstances. It has nothing to do with not recognizing when sadness happens or when difficulty in life happens, which is a perfect segue to my first point, which is this. Joy has the ability to paint on any dark canvas. Can, can I tell you that joy doesn't require your life to be perfectly put together and for everything to be going right and for everything to be bright and, 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 and merry in your life. In fact, I would venture to say there's some of you today that you're not entering into a merry Christmas, you're entering into a weary Christmas. I think some of you, uh, if you're honest with yourselves, perhaps this year has kind of been a tough year or, or maybe the last few months have been and, and though there are lights out in your house and maybe if you're kind of gaudy like me, you've got inflatables on your roof and, and on your front lawn and everything is lit up, but maybe inside all you've got is darkness. And I want to give you some hope today, and that is this, that joy has the ability to paint even in the darkest of canvases. Isaiah 9, 2 says that the people who walked, here it is, in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness. Come on, have you ever been in a place where it's not just dark, but it's deep darkness? Yeah. 
Man, I know that if you've ever heard me preach before, you know I don't shy away from the fact that in my own life, mentally, I, I've struggled with this thing that I've called the dark passenger, right? Where things just kind of get gloomy. Where things can, can, can feel like, man, no matter how happy things appear on the outside, on the inside, I'm just struggling. Can anybody be honest to say that? Can I tell you, even in the midst of those struggles, God has this beautiful thing that goes beyond your circumstances and it's available to you today and that is His great light. It says that the people who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy, and they rejoice before you. Can I tell you, this joy that can only be found in the person of Jesus Christ comes in to invade your darkness, and only He has the ability to paint with joy on a dark canvas. But man, since we're being honest this morning, you know what we do? when we're not really happy or when things are pretty dark is we try to manufacture joy, right? If we're being brutally honest, like you and I, we're going to like make joy happen and we manufacture joy. Maybe we have these experiences that are supposed to give us something, but hear me on this. If you haven't tried it yet, those things will only leave you wanting more. You will be dissatisfied, it will be temporary, it will be fickle, it will be fragile, and it will be fleeting. And if you're not one of those, then you're one of these. You're one that tries to medicate in order to have joy. Right? And so we look to substances, we look to, to things, and if we're not careful, we try to medicate even with relationships. And can I tell you, young parents, some of us, because maybe we didn't have this happy-go-lucky life, now that we've got kids, we, we put, hear me, this pressure on our kids to be our source of joy. Or if you're married here and your spouse is maybe your source of joy. And can I tell you, nor, neither your spouse nor your children nor the materialistic joy or the medicated joy or the manufactured joy is a joy that can carry you even through the darkest of seasons. I think this is why, and if I'm going to quote Taylor Swift earlier, we got to quote Brother Bono from you too. I think this is why he still hasn't found what he's looking for. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Is it because you want me to sing it? I know it. Listen, I don't got time to sing it, okay? But I still haven't found. Come on, what I'm looking for. Here, here's the good news I've got for you. You don't have to manufacture joy. You don't have to look at materialistic joy. You don't even have to medicate for joy because there's good news. That through the great gift that God has given us through His Son, Jesus Christ, and the inward dwelling of His Spirit, you and I get to experience joy. In fact, we, today we celebrate the birth of Jesus. But if you were to fast forward 33 years later, He dies on a cross. He is pulled off that cross. He's buried into a tomb. And three days later, He is risen. And then He pierces His disciples and He tells them, it's actually better for me to leave because I'm sending someone for you that isn't going to be dependent on my physical presence. And He'll go with you everywhere you go. And that is the Spirit of of 
God indwelling in you. And this is where in the book of Galatians chapter 5 verse 22, we see the result of the indwelling of that very presence and what it does for us. It says that the fruit of the Spirit is love. Here it is. Joy. Say with me, joy. joy. Now try saying it with a smile. Joy. joy. Now try saying it without a fake smile. Make it a real smile. <laughs> right? Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such things there is no law. Can I talk to some Christians this morning for a second? You're here. You put your faith in Christ. You want, you've been walking with Him for a while. You're His disciple. Can I tell you, I believe there are some of us that have lost our joy. And can I tell you, you're not hiding it well. It shows on your face. It shows on your interactions with people. It, it, and can I tell you, the enemy is after your joy. The enemy of your soul wants to kill, steal, and destroy everything that God and His Spirit has deposited in you. And can I talk to some believers today? I know it's dark sometimes. I get it. I get the dark night of the soul. I understand sometimes things are just plain old sad. But can I tell you, God has something for you that no enemy can steal from you. No circumstance can steal from you. Man, I wish I could get a witness up in here and nail you to know there is joy that goes beyond circumstances. And even in the darkest of nights, God has not mediocrity for you, but great joy for you. Do not settle. Please do not settle for weak, fragile, fickle, fleeting happiness. Because that's what I call marinating on mediocrity. And I think far too many Christians are marinating on mediocrity and just fine with this. I don't have enough time to keep going, so I'm going to go on and point number two. Are you getting something out of this so far? Number two, can I tell you, joy sustains us through seasons that mere happiness cannot. When the prophet Isaiah in the book of Isaiah, years before the coming of Christ, declares that the Messiah is coming, he says that the government will be upon his shoulders. And there's, there's, a, there's actually a connection I want to draw here from that statement to the joy that you experience. Can I tell you, the things you put the weight of happiness on will never be able to withstand that weight. Yet Jesus can withstand with his broad shoulders the weight of carrying your joy through every season. Can I tell you, today there is this ability for you to cry out to Him and experience that, yes, I may be sad. Yes, I may be grieved. Yes, this may have been a, a, a hard year. But if, if, if you know and if you've been in church for any length of time, you have heard that the joy of the Lord can actually be your strength. And we've heard that, but in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8, verse 9 through 10, we actually read the context of this. And let me just paraphrase really quickly. Uh, the people have just received the law. And so the weight of that is actually uh, the, the natural response is, I can't measure up to this. Like I'm grieving that. I can't do all these do's and don'ts. And yet, and yet, God would call them to encouragement and go, no, I'm calling you to a relationship, to journey with me. And when you're weak and when you fall flat on your face, I'm a God that's going to strengthen you, that's going to uphold you. I'm going to allow my joy to be what sustains you through every season, hard, a desert season, difficult, excruciating seasons. My friend, happiness won't do it for you, but joy will. Amen. 
it's so interesting because I don't know about you, but Hallmark movies all paint the same kind of happy picture. Have you ever noticed that? Anybody here a Hallmark movie fan? Don't raise your hand. I'm just kidding. Some of you gentlemen were really ready to raise your hand. Okay. My mom was here first service. I had to call her out. She loves her Hallmark movies. And how many of you know the Hallmark movies all go the same, right? Big city girl. Somehow finds her way into a small town. Falls in love with a rugged Carhartt wearing Wranglers and boots kind of a guy. Come on. What's there not to like about that, by the way? I don't know. Falls in love, right? And then the conflict. She gets the call from back home. Someone is sick. So should I stay or should I go? Right? And, and the conflict is, do I, do I stay in this small town that I've fallen in love with or do I go back, right? And, and, and here's what Hallmark always and, and never ceases to amaze me. They always somehow in one hour, 22 minutes and nine seconds precisely, they resolve the conflict and they live happily ever after. We might laugh at that. We may understand that's Hallmark and that's Hollywood. But some of us are actually disappointed that we haven't gotten our happy ending yet. Some of us are still in that waiting time. Some of us today, you're sitting here and, and, and can I just tell you, I hope this doesn't discourage you, but some of you, maybe you're not even going to see that happy ending on this side of eternity. You know, the book of Hebrews talks about a great cloud of witnesses, and, and the book of Hebrews is filled with stories of people that trusted God and didn't see the promise fulfilled on this side of eternity. What will carry you when you still don't have the answer? And can I tell you, you're going to be tempted to look to happiness. You're going to be tempted to look to things, to people, and God's going, my joy will sustain you. This is exactly why in the book of Philippians chapter 4, Paul himself writes that in this idea of his weakness, God is made strong. But in the midst of whatever circumstance, he has learned to find contentment. Some of you Hobby Lobby folks love the scripture that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, the context of that is Paul going through, through drought, through famine, through being tortured, through having a lot of money, through having little money, to being rich, to being poor, to having friends, to having no friends, to being backstabbed, to imprisonment. I can do all, all things to Christ who strengthens me. That's the context. And, and my friend, I want to tell you what the world's got to offer you. And if you're visiting us today, if you don't hear anything else but what I'm about to say, hear this. What this world has to offer you will only leave you wanting for more. But there is a God that will satisfy you through every season when the ups and the downs, through your mess ups and his faithfulness, through your unfaithfulness and his great mighty hand. I'm telling you, there is joy for you. And no, I'm not talking about go find your joy. Don't buy into that. I'm talking about when you look to Christ who strengthens you, you will find joy. Third and final point. Guys, it's a Christmas miracle. We're going to be out of here on time today. Told you. It's a Christmas present for you. Number three, joy 
True God-rooted joy will always lead to gratitude and greatness, and gladness, excuse me. The, 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 the result of God-given joy is that in your heart, you will become glad and you will become grateful. If you don't believe me, would you open up your Bibles to the book of Psalms, chapter 98? And, and, and it's not going to be on the screen, so if you have a Bible, open it. If not, I'm going to read it to you really quickly. Psalm 98 says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation, known his salvation, excuse me. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Look at this. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth in joyous songs and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of, horn, of, of the horn. Make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Uh, this is why we're a little rowdy around here at Legacy. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy. There it is again, together before the Lord. For he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Yes. Now you might be going, okay, Tony, uh, other than like a few mentions of joy and rejoicing, what does this scripture have anything to do with Christmas? I'm glad you asked. You see, in 1719, there was a, a pastor who opened up the Bible to Psalm 98 and he began to read and meditate on this scripture. And as he's meditating on the scripture and the meaning of the scripture, and as he's spending time in God's word, he can't help but write this song. So in 1719, this pastor begins to write this song, and it goes as this, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. He goes on to write, No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow. Far as the curse is found. Come on. Far as the curse is found. Far as, far as the curse is found. Sir Isaac Watts in 1719 can't help but write this song as a result of the reflection of the goodness and joy that comes only from God. His response to joy was to write a song of, glad, of, of gladness and gratitude. Yeah. And can I tell you something about gladness and gratitude? It will suck people in. Yes. It's going to make you attractive. Right, yeah. Can I just be honest for a second here with some Christians in the room? Some of y'all are wondering why the rest of the world isn't attracted to our beliefs. And all it's going to take is for you to look at your life. To know, are you displaying gratitude and gladness? Or are you walking around moping? Jaded by life, constantly complaining, cynical, critical. This world's going to hell in a handbasket, blah, blah, blah. Taking a Facebook, taking a Twitter, take, and all of a sudden, this world's going, why would I want that? But you know what's going to make us attractive, my friend? 
is an attitude that goes, I'm glad for the things that God has done for me. Is I'm grateful and I can't help when I experience His joy. Man, I'm going to become an attractive attraction. Come on, somebody. You don't have to be the best looking in the house to be attractive. I'm proof of that. (laughs) Hear me on this. I'm almost done. We're going to land the plane soon, but hear me on this. You, look at me. You were made for such a time as this. Okay, look at me. While the rest of the world is scrambling, looking for joy and happiness in all the wrong places, while the joy, while, while people are out there just freaking out, whether it's about the economy or about their life circumstances. And the world is is desperately trying to make new systems to to fill this God-sized void while people are freaking out. You and I, hear me, were made for this moment. And we were not made for this moment so that we would sit back and watch with cynical, critical attitudes. No, people of God, we are called to stand out as representatives of the living God in a crowd that is freaking out. Let you and I be an attractive attraction because there's gratitude, there's gladness. Come on. I mean, this is why people in the Old Testament got it. I was glad when they said, let's go to the house of God. Some of y'all be dragging your feet up in here. (laughs) And I'm not saying, don't get me wrong, don't hear me wrong. Life comes at you and it comes at you hard. In fact, let me say this. None of us in this room are exempt from being completely flattened in a moment's notice by a phone call. We could be on a mountaintop celebrating right here, right, right here, right now, in this very moment, you're videoing your kid and, and, and you're, you're happy. And none of us are exempt from so-and-so got in an accident. The doctor calls and there's this that happened. So-and-so lost their lives. And my question is, what will you look to when everything else in your world is falling apart? I'm telling you, there is a joy that goes beyond circumstances. And I believe some of you believers right now, just like the church in Ephesus, is, are being called back to your first love. To that moment of gratitude and gladness that is rooted in a joy that goes, God, thank you for my salvation. Thank you for the assuredness I get to have to walk with you. And if you're in this room and you're going, Tony, I have no idea what you're talking about. Welcome to what God has in store for you. C.S. Lewis, I'm almost done. C.S. Lewis, I've almost been done twice now. I say it three times and then we finally get it. Um, C.S. Lewis says, we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses, but it completes the enjoyment. It it is its appointed consummation. It is not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. It's the delight. The delight is complete till it is expressed. In other words, I I, I can't fully experience this unless it comes out of me. By the way, if you're married, I'm trying to help you out, gentlemen. Like, this is not, well, I told her I loved her once at the altar, and I'll let her know if I change my mind. <laughs> well, I told her she looked good in that dress once before. Keep on telling her. Okay, ladies. 
I told him he was handsome, and then we had kids, and the dad bod kind of came in. <laughs> Come on. And I know we're laughing because it's, it's marriage, but hey, uh, is this how we treat God at times? Are we completing our joy by expressing to him our gratitude and our gladness? Or are we taking what he has given to us for granted? Band, you can come on up. I got, I got one story to share with you guys, and then we're going to sing a song. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Even if it's not, that's what we're doing. <laughs> um, it, it's no secret to most of you that know my wife and I and our family that this year was, was what I call a brutal year for us, right? Both brutal and beautiful. I mean, it was brutal and, and dark at times and painful at times and, and, and just... Yeah, like, and if you know our story and you know my story, you know that it, it has not, like, it's not been an easy one throughout the years, but man, this year, like, it was brutal. And, and I got to be honest with you, like, as I'm preparing for this sermon, God's convicting me because I'm, I'm preaching on gratitude and gladness and joy, and, and I found that as a result of a difficult year in my life, if I'm honest with myself, I've had to look at the fact that I've become more cynical, more angry, more critical than ever before. Quite frankly, I've even moved into self-preservation and going, I'm putting up fences. And so as much as like this pastor comes up here and wants to preach faith, hope, and joy, and I believe it, uh, how many of you know it's really easy to believe for everyone else but yourself at times? And so as I'm writing this and I'm preparing for today, God just hits me with this. Tony, have you allowed all of the circumstances of life to make you hard-hearted, critical, cynical, angry? Or will you allow my joy to sustain you in every season? And so I spent some time with the Lord and I'm like, all right, God, I get it. Hear you loud and clear. By the way, pro tip, I don't fight God on things. No, I'm, I'm being serious. He's merciful. Like, he's, he's super merciful. But, oh, this is total parentheses, but you got to hear this. Um, when God deals with you, he's real light to begin with because he's merciful. But some of us kind of just blow past that because he's a little light. You're a little headstrong. And because of his mercy, then he goes, all right, you're going to go ahead and just be released and, and be careful. Because yeah. yeah. when that happens, yes. now it's a completely different story. So anyway, all that, I don't always get it right, but on this one, I'm like, all right, I hear you loud and clear, God. <laughs> I'm not going to fight you on it. And, and here's what God told me. Tony, there is a life in you through Jesus, where cynicism, anger, pain, criticism, self-preservation can all be driven out through joy, gladness, and gratitude. You can, even, you can either have that life and become an attractive attraction, or you can ignore that life and become bitter, angry, and closed off. Here's my hope for you today. No matter where you're at on your journey of faith or life, that joy would be something that is more than just a fickle, feeble, fragile 
fleeting thing. That it would be something that roots you and sustains you. And that instead of allowing the realities of life become something that dictate how we live the rest of our lives, that they actually become a driving source that sends us directly to the foot of the cross and go, God, I need you. Can't do this without you. I need your joy to sustain me. I, I, I'm out of strength. Anybody been there before? I'm out of strength. God, I, I want not marketed joy. I don't want manufactured joy. I don't want medicated joy. I want, hear me, miraculous joy. So would you stand to your feet and let me pray for you this morning as we close. If you're here this morning and you've never given your life to Christ, maybe you don't even understand what that means or looks like all the way. You just know, man, this thing you're talking about, Tony, I, I want it. And like, I recognize I've been trying to go at life alone and I just, I want to start my relationship with Jesus. Can I tell you, today's the greatest day for you to start doing that. Or maybe you've given your life to Christ before and you've walked away. If you're here in this room and, and you want to say, man, I want to come back to Jesus. Can I tell you, God's not up there going, glad you finally came back. He's going, come back. And so if you're here today, I just want to ask every eye in the room to be closed at this moment. If you're here today, you're going, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to start this relationship with him. I may not understand fully what it means, but I, I want to make that decision. Or maybe you've made that decision, you've walked away, you want to come back. If that's you this morning with every eye closed in the room, would you simply slip your hand up in the air and just allow me to pray for you? See that hand, see that hand, see that hand, see that hand, see that hand. Come on, beautiful, I see that other hand. Come on, is there anyone else in the room? This is beautiful. Come on, let's... let's Let's pray together with these people so they know they're not alone. I see that other hand in the back. Wow. Come on. Let's pray all this together. Let's say, Jesus, I recognize that I can't go at life alone. I ask that you forgive me for all my mistakes. Today I accept your forgiveness and the free gift that you have for me living a new life with you from this day forward I don't want to look back I want to live with you and for you teach me your ways in Jesus name amen if that was you today and you just prayed that you had your hand up at the end of the service just do me a favor we want to we don't want to embarrass you we just want to follow up with you we want to know how we can help and support you answer any questions so I'm just going to ask you at the end of the service to head over to that big tree over there and one of our pastors and our prayer team is going to be there to help follow up with you okay rest of you let me pray a prayer of blessing over you and then we're going to sing a song father I pray for everyone in this room and those online pray now that your hope would be what arises in them that faith would arise in them and God that joy would sustain every person through every season here today I pray God that Maybe for those of us that have allowed cynicism, criticism, and just hurt, God, and pain to take over our hearts. God, we, we lay that at your feet today, and we say, God, restore us to the joy of our salvation, God. I pray now, Lord, for those saints in the room, God, that you would restore us to the joy of our salvation, God. And I pray, Lord, that through every season, we would look to you to sustain us, to carry us, God. We wouldn't look to ourselves. We wouldn't look to other things. And Lord, I pray and I thank you because your presence is in this room and you're already doing a ton of work in our lives. 
So we just ask that we would be obedient to what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hey, let's end the service with giving God some glory. Let's lift our, hand, uh, lift, lift our voices as we sing this song and then I'll come up and dismiss us. Thank you once again for joining us today. We hope today's message encouraged you, challenged you, and caused your faith to grow. If you enjoyed today's message, we highly encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. That way you don't miss out on any future messages. To get to know us, to get connected with us, and to know how you can best partner with us, head to our website, LegacyChurchID.com, or come see us in person at our campus in Meridian, Idaho. We look forward to connecting with you. May God bless you and have a great rest of your day.